Hello and welcome to May. Isn't it amazing to see the sun shining and enjoy the flowers bursting colour everywhere? It's great to have you with me for this month's podcast. We've got a whole load of things from the life of St John. An interview with Bishop Pete from a few weeks ago at church. And give you the lowdown of what's going on this month to keep you informed. I've been talking with Joy about theology again. This time, uh, what happens at communion? This month's staff team interview is Sophie, a youth and young adults worker, talking about who she is and what she does. Taking another little bit from a morning service last week, Brian interviewed me, asking what I do. So I've put that on this podcast too. And finally, we've got the first five minutes or so of Harry Steele's talk on the Bible from God, Life and Everything last month. The whole talk and the Q&A is available on another podcast episode. So this is just kind of to whet your appetite to see if you want to hear any more. Anyway, enough chat from me. Let's get to it. First up, Bishop Pete. He's a Bishop of Sheffield and he came to St. John's a few weeks ago to preach and to do a baptism. Here he is talking to Katie. So I'm going to um, ask Bishop Pete if he'd like to um, come and join me so that we can find out a little bit more about you with the final question, of course, coming at the very end. Is that okay? That's fine. Thank you. <laughs> good, good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be with you. I do enjoy my visits to St. John's, I have to say, um, and I'm only sorry to be visiting when Joy is not here, but it does give me a chance to say without her hearing it, how, what a great value I place on her and on her leadership. I've got no idea where she is this morning. If it's Northumberland, I won't be surprised. She may actually, just because we're online and this is recorded, she'll probably now play this back and hear it. But anyway, I just wanted you to know how, what a great value I place on Joy and on her leadership here. We're indeed very blessed. Thank you. So, if I was to ask you, how long have you been a follower of Jesus? What do you think to that? Yeah, so I had to do the maths because it's getting to be a very long time. Um, <laughs> the answer is 48 years. So, I was converted uh, when I was just 13. So, I've been a follower of Jesus nearly 50 years. And to this day, it remains the best decision I ever made. Brilliant. So at the moment here at St. John's, we've been learning a lot about rest and spiritual disciplines. What sort of things are you kind of studying and learning from God from at the moment? Yeah, I had to think hard about this because if, if I'm absolutely honest, I feel like God has just been teaching me one lesson for nearly 50 years. And that is that he loves me for who I am and not for what I do or don't do, just accepts me completely as I am. And so that thing, I was really interested that you rest and spiritual disciplines. And for me, I, I can re every day, if I'm not careful, I end up thinking that it's by striving and what I do that I can impress God. And the lesson God calls me to learn day after day is just to rest in his love. Excellent. If there was one thing that you would like the children, young people, and generally people here this morning to take away and something that was really meaningful for them, what would it be? So I think the hardest, in the 50 years, the hardest period for me to be a faithful follower of Jesus was the first, converted at 13, was the first five years. It was the teenage years. Um, and I, I would want, I, I think I'd want the children and young people to know 
that when you're a follower of Jesus, it means you're never alone. You've always got a faithful friend walking life with you. And if you can align your life to Jesus while you're young, it stands you in really good stead for your adult journey. Absolutely. And are there many of us that can remember our teenage years here this morning, perhaps? So the most important question now, are you, are you ready for this? Okay. Which Sheffield football team do you support? So I can give you a straight answer to that, but you need to know that I am a fanatically obsessed Newcastle United fan. <laughs> uh, Newcastle, Newcastle are playing Spurs at home in a really important six-pointer uh, this afternoon. I'm already a bit nervous about that. Uh, but it means that I can genuinely want Sheffield teams to do well. So personally, I would have been really happy if United had won their semi-final yesterday. I would have been happy to see a Sheffield club in the FA Cup final. Sorry, that hasn't come about. Uh, looks like Sheffield United are going to be promoted. I'll be really happy to see them in the Premier League. Wednesday also having a good season. I think they will at least make the playoffs, maybe even an automatic place. It'd be great to see Wednesday in the championship. But I live just around the corner from Hallam FC. And if there's a Sheffield team I support, it would be Hallam. <laughs> he is a great man and we are blessed to have him as our bishop. An important part of this podcast is the notices. I want to make sure that you know what's going on at St. John's. And this month, as usual, is busy. The 7th of May is Cafe Church with a coronation theme. So come along to enjoy church with a coffee and a pastry. And I think there's going to be some union flags flying. On the 28th of May, we've got our APCM meeting, our annual parochial church council meeting. You can hear about what's been going on this last year in church and, and look forward to what's coming up next. If you're interested in being one of the trustees of the church on the PCC, or you know someone who you think would be great at that, they're the decision makers. We've got six uh, spaces available, so get in touch with Katie, Martin or Claire about that. There's also an opportunity to become a Deanery Synod representative, so if you want to do that or want to know more about what that is, you can speak to Katie, Martin or Claire as well. If you've got any pastoral needs or you know someone who is in need of help, support or prayer, We'd really love to help them. Sometimes we just don't hear about the needs. So Kirsty is going to be our contact, coordinating, making sure that everyone's looked after. Um, and if you know of anyone or you have any need, you can email pastoralcare at stjb.org.uk and Kirsty will um, look after you. On the 13th of May in Hillsborough Park, there is a family fun day, which is going to be great for everybody. And it's one till four o'clock. There's going to be stalls and games and activities, and it's absolutely free. So 13th of May, get yourself down to Hillsborough Park. On the 1st of July, there's an ordination service for Kirsty Massey, who's going to be ordained priest in Sheffield Cathedral. If you want to go to support Kirsty and enjoy the celebration with her, then, um, then ask her for details of how you can get a ticket. We have two uh, vacancies for family mentors um, to work with the Family Works. It's a voluntary post um, where you can, if you're feeling called to support struggling families in these difficult times. Family mentors are trauma-informed, trained volunteers who can work with family by listening to them in a non-judgmental way and helping them gain the support they need to make changes, find solutions to their challenges and bring new hope to their lives. 
If you want to know more, then talk to Andrea. Every month on this podcast, we interview our vicar, Joy, to ask her about some theology. This month, I asked her, what happens in communion? I think the first thing to ask is, what did Jesus think was happening when he did what we now think of as the first ever communion at the Last Supper? And that was all about remembering. So if we were going to think of one key word for communion, Maybe we'd have two key words, actually. So we'd have the word remember, and remember as in remember what Jesus did, but also uh, remember as in put something back together. I think those two understandings of that word are important. And also in the Greek, the word eucharisteo means to give thanks. So I think the, the two things that are happening chiefly during communion are that we are remembering Jesus and being put back together as a community ourselves in that process. And we're giving thanks as Jesus gave thanks for um, all that he is and all that he does in and through our lives. Um, I think there's another really important thing about communion that I always hold on to, and that is that when we gather around the communion table, whether we think that that bread and that wine is a symbol and a sign of Jesus or, or whether we think that something incredible happens as the priest prays over it and it actually becomes the body and blood of Jesus, I think what's happening when we gather around that table is we are God's people brought together around the Thanksgiving meal that Jesus offered to us. And that's a really, really powerful thing because we come each week at different points in our lives. Some of us come feeling great and really jubilant and excited about the gospel. Others come of a, come feeling perhaps weak or dealing with difficult things in our lives. But as we gather around the table, whatever age we are, whatever stage we're at, we are as one in Jesus. Um, one of the things that happened for me a couple of years back, because presiding at communion um, is something that you have to work out as well. You know, we, I've been a recipient of communion for nearly all my life, and, and now I have that enormous privilege of standing at the table and presiding over communion. And I heard um, a guy speaking who's now a bishop in London, a guy called Lucy Nagoy, and he talked about every time he breaks the bread, he holds the bread up when those words are spoken, break this um, bread. He holds it up and he looks through the bread at the people gathered as a sign that that's the whole people of God gathered around the meal that Jesus commanded us to share. And I've always thought of that since as a really, really powerful image of what's happening when we gather together for communion, that we are God's people brought together around his table. She went on to tell a little bit of a story. I heard this incredible story a few years back. It's in a book, um, and I've forgotten the name. Take This Bread, I think is the title of the book by Sarah Miles. And it's a book about how uh, Sarah, who uh, wasn't a Christian at the time, went to a church in San Francisco where the whole um, ethos of communion was that this church ran a kind of food bank and a shared meal first. 
and then this shared me this this food bank kind of culminated in a shared meal where the Eucharist was um, offered and she walked into this Eucharistic service that was quite liturgical and stayed and not particularly um, you know exciting and she had this radical experience of meeting Jesus and and for her that um, table of the Eucharist became symbolic of what the church is called to do, to be broken and to be given out and to be shared as Jesus was. And so I think communion can be complicated if you if you look at it at just a kind of set of words and some things that we have to say before we gather around the table to eat the bread, then then perhaps it can be hard at times to to not feel as though you're going through the motions. But I think when we dig into the symbolism of what's happening with the bread and wine, of what Jesus did and offered to us in the Last Supper, and of what that then means for us as we, as God's people, are, are broken and sent out and shared and uh, the, all of the symbolism that's contained within that, I think there's just massive, massive power. And uh, just a final thought, when we shared communion as a food bank team um, just a few weeks ago in Holy Week, it's the most incredible thing of uh, seeing this team that are giving food out, that are being the body of Jesus in that place, being fed by Jesus uh, through the Eucharist. It was just a massive privilege to be able to be a part of that. So in sum, uh, communion remains a mystery. It's complicated. There's a lot going on, but it is about remembering and giving thanks. And we do it because Jesus told us to. It seems like this is just the interview month for this podcast and we've had Bishop Pete, had Joy and now we've got Sophie. She is our youth and young adult worker at St John's and was talking about what she does and who she is. We started by asking her how long she'd been here at St John's for. Been here for two and a half years now. I started in October 2020. Nice and what uh, what does the youth work look like kind of week by week and, and annually? Oh my goodness, um, there's loads going on. So we have kind of a weekly um, Sunday night kind of youth space, if you like. That's maybe our teaching space, but also where we do lots of friendship building. It's about the group dynamic. Um, yeah, building friendships and uh, young people having Christian friends is so important. So that's something that we really try to encourage and across ages um, in that space. Um, and then we also have um small groups we currently are just ha we just have one but we've had a few in the past we've had a sports one um we currently have one and it's a really lovely space young people come and chat about what's going on in their lives the highs and the lows and we pray for one another and for the world and sometimes sit in silence and listen to god too um, and that's a really beautiful group and then we also have all sorts of mentoring walking alongside young people they're getting involved in the worship team in av that sort of thing um and yeah meeting up with people one-to-one -one. and then i'm also involved in the steel city choristers um, and i do some youth work with them on a weekly basis so yeah nice that sounds sounds busy you also <laughs> do some things outside of the youth work don't you for the church yes yes in the background what what kind of things are those as well i mean what i'm thinking maybe I, i've done the horrible thing of asking a question that i think the answer to is about 
it's kind of preparing for services and doing jobs. Uh, yeah, I'm involved in the service planning and then I also sometimes do stuff for like diocesan events. Um, I'm involved in the planning of a day for young adults up at STC. I've been involved in Breathe Deep, Joined Up, um, which are some days for youth and youth leaders and chaplains. Um, involved in the diocesan environmental working group. Um, yeah, do some stuff yeah. beyond that, like so the church across South Yorkshire as well. Yeah, nice. And on Sunday mornings, we have you, the young people go out often yeah. to get donuts and sometimes to yeah. chat yeah. in a little great little room up the stairs. Yeah. Um, nice. And um, do you do it all by yourself? Of course not. That would not even <laughs> slightly be possible or really legit. You need two people present at all times. Come of on, course. James, safeguarding. Of course. Um, but uh, um, no, there's a great team. Um, it's a little tiny team, really. Um, there's. Uh, Mark Scotter, Nick Cooper, Christina Mackerel, and Tim Crofton, who are the core team, and then a number of other people who stand in when someone's ill. Um, and they're wonderful people, aren't they? They are brilliant human beings, yeah. and they give so much of their time. They're so invested in the young people's lives, and they pray for them, and yeah, the, the young people have no idea how much they care about them. Well, yeah, they do. And you also are planning uh, in the summer to go away, aren't you? Yeah, so we're going on camp this summer. Uh, we do a couple of socials each time as well. Um, I say that, and then there's some stuff with some other churches as well. Um, but yeah, we're going on camp this summer. We're going on a CPAS venture, if that means anything to you. Um, it's a week of summer camp um, based at Ripon Grammar School. Um, there are 60 young people, we play loads of games, um, do kind of exciting outside things, or you can also read a book in the library or do some crafts if that's more your thing. And we, um, we explore who God is, we listen to other people, we have seminars, we worship together, and it's a really exciting, inclusive, fun week. Nice. Who God is is a, is a big question, so maybe yeah. you need the time. Great, and you, they're going again this summer, and yes. there was um, they worked hard to raise money with the Promise Auction, yeah. which was really great. We raised over £1,300, which is totally wow. brilliant. Amazing. Um, and we're, uh, to mention, we're uh, recording this the day before you have something really exciting for you, aren't we? Um, and yeah. so whenever people listen, you'll, you'll either be away or you'll be back. But what's, what's happening tomorrow? I am off to Kenya tomorrow. Yeah. Nice, just on a holiday? Um, no, I'm going with, I was invited, it sounds really braggy, I was invited <laughs> by the Bishop of um, Doncaster, um, who's the kind of second bishop in Sheffield, uh, Bishop Sophie Jelly, and I'm going with um, Hugh Thomas, who's the Director of Education for the Diocese, and we're going to build relationship um, with uh, some people in the Diocese of Bondo, go to meet people, um, we're twinned with them, and so looking at how we can learn from them what we can do to, to support each other, how we can be praying for each other and just kind of initiating that relationship really. Nice. So whenever people listen, you'll be back when they see you. So we can yes. ask you about that. Ask me all about it. I'd love to tell you. How you grew and how, what it was like. It sounds super exciting and I wish really that I was exciting. going. Yeah. Um, so nice. I'm trying not to be jealous and just excited for you. I think Thank that's you. how the, everyone, everyone in this yeah the team feels and everyone who hears about it feels I think yeah actually, yeah um so we want to um people to to know they can pray for you um, mm. and that kind of um goes and what's the point of the youth work why is it important why should we i mean i obviously think we should but why should we invest in our young people what's important about that that we can pray for them and you and working towards 
there are some mega stats and I don't have them off the top of my head, but it's something like 83% of people become a Christian before they're 21, I think. I may have entirely made that up, but it's a r roughly, it's something like that. And um, young people um, like beginning to talk about those things and saying that it's okay to question faith. And it's like, you're taught all this stuff and obviously teaching all this stuff is good, but if you're seeking truth, then you can question it. And so we have space for questioning, but also space um, it allows people to uh, kind of find out who they are, know who they are in God. They have, um, they are loved by God and they're part of a community, which is so important for teenagers growing up. And it's, yeah. Yeah, and have their, their foundation in knowing their loves and accepted by God. And friends who... And, and shape the rest of their choices. And, and when they leave home and maybe move to another city or university or something, they they have a foundation and then they know that they can seek another community that's important to them. Totally. And youth work means that you have a friendship group, hopefully, or other people around mm. you. Because um, lots of young people grow up in church, but they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily part of a youth group. And that offers those friendships to form that mean there's a space for you to talk about it in a purely youth space. Yeah. And, and being a, a young person changes each generation and now i think seems particularly difficult it must be yeah it must be hard and, and stressful and it's kind of non-stop as well there's no because of the way that they're always on whatsapp or whatever. i feel there's for no downtime for them and well all night they want to be there's yeah. pressure to be involved in, in all kinds of things so we pray for them and you and um, is there anything else you'd like us to pray for you about um i am in an exciting phase at the moment i've been kind of exploring becoming a priest being a vicar since a very long time probably since i was 18 been kind of thinking about it probably felt maybe called to that since i was maybe as young as seven so that's something that's been going on in my life for a really long time and it feels like this might be the moment that i'm going <laughs> like i'm i'm in the interview process so i feel like it's probably the point at which this is going to happen and i'm really excited about it and that's all come from like listening to god and praying and um hearing from god um but obviously they still can say no so they can yeah um, and you only want what god wants so yeah if totally god's, if god's like a now or or not now or another yeah. time then you want that but you feel called to that and yeah ready for that and so you there's a it's a complicated process, isn't it? There's a number of stages to yes. go through interviews. And, yes, and, and I've just got my last two-day interview and an interview at Theological College now. So, nice. yeah. So definitely people should be praying for you about that. Yeah, Do you please. want people to ask you about that or would you... Oh my goodness, um, I'm terrified. I'm a naturally anxious <laughs> person. I'm terrified about it. So um, maybe ask me about it afterwards. I'll hear about it the week after. So I'll hear about it mid-June. <laughs> okay, and so... by then I'll know. <laughs> So we leave that until July. Ask you about Kenya. Yeah. Then, so like okay. mid June, like fifteenth of June, I think I'll hear. So if after that I'm like crying or ecstatic, okay. you'll know what's going on. Super. Well, that was great. Um, <laughs> good luck and and let God have His way. Yeah. So, uh, great. Thank you so much, James. <laughs> Thank you. The final interview of the podcast before hearing a little bit from God, life, and everything last month. This is a short interview Brian did with me in church last week about who I am and what I do. As a little disclaimer, I should have made a list of what I do before the service because my mind went blank and, and I forgot a few things. And I should have mentioned that we also recently started Messy Church on Wing Gardens again. Anyway, there you go. We thought it'd be good to uh, just um, uh, 
Well, I could say understand a little bit more about James, or I could say grill him, you know. But I mean, we just we just uh, sort of just understand a little bit more about James and uh, how we can how we can support him. Um, I've heard it said that you're an ordinand, so um, just tell us tell us what an ordinand does, James, please. Um, an ordinand does anything here. Anything Joy tells me to do. <laughs> um, an ordinand is a, a, a very Anglican word, I guess, for a trainee vicar. So. Anyone who's training to be a vicar or a priest um, is called an ordinant. Um, the idea is that I feel called to be a priest, and the Church of England has agreed, and so they kind of make sure that you know some things and act a certain way, I guess, and train to you to kind of shape you into what you need to be to form what they expect and who I am as a priest. Great, okay. We practiced this beforehand, and James was definitely going to use the word formation did. in his answer I did. to the he first question. I did, he told me to, and I did. So, so, so then that leads me on to say, what does formation mean, James? I know, it's good. It's good. I, I did what I was told. That's partly what being formed is, is learning to do what you're told. Uh, formation would be, I did think about this before to try and explain. It's, I guess a, a few things. One is, like you said, people are trying to learn who I am. A big part of the process is for me to learn who I am, what I think about things maybe I haven't thought about before, how, um, as you get exposed to new ideas and new thoughts of God, how, how I understand that, and what kind of leader I am, what kind of person I am. Um, and the other side of the formation is to, to try and learn what other people expect of me, as will be hopefully a, a representative of the Church of England when you wear a dog collar. People have an expectation of you maybe or something and, and to try and understand what that means and how I have to act accordingly and, and so that you can be what people need and what people expect at certain times. But also to learn when you're yourself and when you're the role, I think is part of the process as well because you have to be both, but to understand that. And I don't know yet, so I've still got a year or so left, so I've still got, got time to learn um, about that. Great. We've all got time to learn, haven't we? So uh, it's great to have you with us, James. Uh, obviously, you've been around for a little while already, and it really is great uh, working with you, the, the things that I've done with you. So that's really good. But Thank just apart, apart from everything that Joy tells you, what, just, just unpack what it is you, um, you're, you're currently involved in at St. John's then. So it is, it, it, it's kind of... But I work, uh, the way that it works, I do training, there's like theological study, stuff like that, a couple of, a few days a week, um, and I'm, so I'm kind of, the aim is about 20 hours a week I'm here at St. John's, so with that time, it tends to be Wednesdays and Thursdays, so we have staff meetings and different things are discussed, which is a part of my learning and, and giving to the church, and I get given sometimes things to do from that. Um, I help out with the food bank on Thursdays, which the giving of the food is great because it's nice and busy, but... There's an amazing team there, and it's so wonderful to be a part of that and to work with the team there. Um, on Sundays, sometimes I lead or preach, or maybe I'm allowed to play music. Um, I we do God Life and Everything on a Sunday night as well, every once a month, which is new and, and been amazing. Um, chance to engage and have people discuss and ask questions. Um, and the... There are other things that I do. I, oh, there's the small groups. Sometimes you get emails from me saying, oh, there's, there's questions and stuff for small groups. So I write those as well. Um, and um, other bits come up kind of less regularly that, that I'm part of. Oh, the podcast as well. I forgot about that. There's lots of little things. And I just keep them together. They, they come to me. Yeah, there's a podcast that we do every month as well. Um, I've actually started putting the morning services sermon and, and the Bible reading and um, all of the God life and everything bit. And then... Um, 
other bits. We've interviewed uh, Mark and Beck, which is great. Joy gives us a bit of theology, which is great as well. And um, we've had a couple of poems. And this week, we've got Sophie talking about something as well. So it'll be out maybe next week. So we've been doing the podcast as well. Great. Yeah, podcasts are great. I think if you don't listen to them, they are really, really good. And the questions for small groups, I mean, that's been fantastic, James. So, so well done. I think last week we learned that um, with the bishop, everything the bishop said, we applauded. So I think, I mean, I think, I think, I think just, to, just to encourage James, we really, we really ought to applaud him, didn't we? So. And that, that's just us wanting to support you. And uh, so, so how can we support you by praying for, for you and Gail and the, and the, and the family? Um, yeah, well, apart from it, it feels like a huge honor and privilege and blessing to be... Like I say, my time is to, to help out with stuff like a food bank and make a podcast and read books and, and stuff, which is like the perfect life. So in one way, I don't need any prayer apart from just thank you to God for that. But as a family, it's, um, it's a time of formation for us all, I think, to change from uh, my role as a teacher to being a vicar and the kids as they grow as vicar's kids is, is an important thing for us to manage and Gail to change from herself to being added this vicar's wife label is a a journey that we're not a big fan of maybe, but it's a, it's a part of us learning how to, how to cope with that as a family. So prayers for that as we, we understand that would be really welcome, yeah. Great. Well, I think we'd love to, we'd love to all of us, continue to pray for, for James and Gail and the children and uh, as, they, as they continue to learn. Finally for this podcast, a taster of what Harry said at God Life and Everything last month. It was deep, challenging, insightful, and at times maybe a little bit controversial, you can get the full evening um, on another episode on the podcast. So this is just a little taster. Next month's God, Life and Everything is on the 21st of May, and our special guest is Andy Freeman from Space to Breathe. He's talking about mindfulness, prayer, peace, and mental health. It's going to be amazing, and I hope you can make it. So that's the 21st of May at 6 p.m. Anyway, here's Harry, and I'll see you soon. Well, I was kind of given that I feel like I was given the theme of um, the Bible uh, and was told, oh, you, you know, you're really passionate about the Bible, Harry, so you speak on the Bible. If you ask my boss, who is really passionate about the Bible, he would disagree that I'm passionate about the Bible. We just did a thing for Holy Saturday, the Saturday before Easter. And um, we had this big service in the cathedral. And because it was cathedral worship, there's lots of liturgy and they sing large sections of scripture. And there's about seven readings. And uh, Bishop Pete's got the service sheet. And he said, oh, I see where salvation history lights this evening because there weren't the requisite 12 readings or something like that. So I am passionate about the Bible, but it's all by degrees. So don't panic if you think what have I let myself in for this evening. Um, I'm going to talk for, uh, well, I'll gauge your uh, warmth towards what I'm saying and adjust it accordingly, but I would not be more than half an hour um, and might be less. And then I think you get a chance to have a bit of a chat about some of the things that I've said and then ask questions. Um, everything that I've said is, is, is my um, understanding my approach, um, I want to just disassociate myself a little bit from joy. Um, and it's not necessarily, you know, uh, you don't have to believe what I believe and what I'm going to say. Um, and, and that's all okay. So this, I think, is a really safe place um, where we all have really strong thoughts and opinions on the Bible, hopefully. Um, and none of them are wrong. Well, some of them are wrong. 
Uh, I grew up in a church, I actually grew up in a Pentecostal church, and I did, my, um, I did uh, training to become a Pentecostal minister in the Assemblies of God's um, church. But the church I grew up in taught me this ac- acrostic um, about, uh, that, uh, about understanding what the purpose of the Bible was uh, based on the letters uh, of Bible. And it is basic instruction before leaving earth basic instruction before leaving earth. I don't know if you've heard that before. It's really clever, isn't it? The only problem, there's one problem with it. It's a small problem. It's absolute nonsense. Okay? Um, So, basic. Let's be clear right from the top of this. The Bible is, there's nothing basic about the Bible. There is nothing basic about the Bible. It's not easy to read, and it's not easy to understand. And so when we read the Bible, we should ask the Holy Spirit uh, for help when we come to Scripture, when we come to read Scripture. And we should also approach Scripture with our God-given intellect and the gifts that God has given us. Um, But as well as that, we should also come to Scripture with other people's God-given intellect and gifts as well. Um, Historians, theologians, biblical scholars, language experts, these are all people who can help us to wrestle uh, with and understand the scriptures. And at the very least, you know, everyone should have on their bookcase somewhere um, the Lion's Handbook to the Bible to help them to go deeper into reading scriptures. So whatever else you know about the Bible, know this, it is not basic. Instructions, um, basic instructions. Instructions is also, I'll be honest, largely nonsense. There are a few bits of the Bible, uh, maybe the law um, or some of the wisdom literature that might come close to being instructions, but even those are not really instructions in the way that we think of instructions. Um, For example, the one bit of the Bible that I quite often get quoted at me is Leviticus 19 verse 28, which says, you shall not make any gashes in your flesh for the dead or tattoo any marks upon you. I am the Lord. People love quoting that, those verses at me. And I say, that's beautiful. Can I just share with you the verse before that one? Leviticus 19, 27. You shall not round off the hair on your temples or mar the edges of your beard. Wilkinson's sword would be out of business if we all literally followed the instructions of the Bible. No one, would ha- no one who professed to be a Christian or following God would have tattoos if they literally obeyed that, but nor would any of the fellas trim the sides of their heads or shave um, their beard. Some people do try and do that, James. <laughs> um, basic instructions, it's not basic, it's not really instructions. Before leaving earth, I mean, it's just bad theology. It's just bad theology. Jesus said pretty clearly, the meek shall inherit the earth. You know, God doesn't give up on anything that God's made. We'll come on to that in a bit. And um, that's just bad theology. So whatever else the Bible is, it's not basic instructions before leaving earth. So what is it? What is the Bible? Well, firstly, um, because I wanted to be a little bit provocative as well. I don't think the Bible is necessarily a Christian book. It's a book about what it means to be human. 
It's a book that seeks to explore those moments that pretty much all of us uh, have had, I'm sure we have all had, in times and places that the Celts used to call, or still do call, thin places. So we've all had those spiritual moments in nature, or when looking at arts, or literature, or music, or at science, moments of spiritual mystery and awe, moments, I always call them moments of eternity, for me, it feels like I get a glimpse of eternity, whatever that means. Um, moments that cause us to ask, who am I? And to ask, whose am I? And so it's not just a Christian book. It's a book about what it means to be human. 